are rolling. Good eye, mate. Good eye. The leader of the opposition is a crook. <laughs> Think of all the money he took. <laughs> we cannot escape this Babadook. <laughs> My Australian accent needs work. <laughs> hey, we got like two Australian horror movies in a row. You know, I hailed this as one of the scariest things I'd seen uh -huh. at the end of last week's episode. Yeah. It's it's more it's just more anxiety inducing and sad actually. Uh yeah. Upon reflection. Um Ooh. uh yeah, listen, and I also would like to reform my opinion. I also said that this movie wasn't scary. There are parts of it that are scary. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um lots of themes to break down here today, guys. So glad you're with us. <laughs> Happy spookables. <laughs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where if it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 2014 independent psychological horror film, The Babadook. Ah, Babadookie-wookie. Ba-ba-ba-ba-doop-doop-doop. Hello, my little Halloweeners. Can anyone tell me why the Babadook is a queer icon? <laughs> like the things we do with the memes. I, I don't understand. <laughs> hey, he's a tall, well-dressed man. I don't think that's it. <laughs> no, it's not. I really don't understand. Something about him being in the closet, I think. I I, I don't know. All right. I, yeah. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at KickNStream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three spooky R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. <laughs> we want everyone to come and join our spooky little watch party. If you haven't checked out the Patreon yet, what, what are you even doing here? Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> Guys, there's never been a better time to give us your money. For just $5 a month, you're getting access to all of our bonus content over there on the Patreon. You're getting long-form coverage. You're getting television coverage. You're getting shooting the shit with Carrie and Ross. You're getting, you know, some breakdowns, maybe some critiques. Who knows? You guys, you're guaranteed two posts a month, and right now, for just a limited time, you're getting double. A very limited time. As a matter of fact, that ends today. Yeah, I think it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, guys, you actually missed out, so... <laughs> Hill House coverage wraps up this week. And, guys, you can go sign up for that and get all of it right now. Absolutely. All right, let's get Baba Spooky. Okay, no. There's not even a segue. There's not even a segue because there's just too much to talk about. This film is entirely too long. It is. It really There's is. There's no reason we should be here. Like, listen, I know that movies are on average, like, you know, 90 minutes, 100 minutes, whatever. It's still too long. Yeah, it sure is. But but you know what? This is Jennifer Kent's directorial debut, so we're going to give her some grace. Yeah. Because you know what? It's still a good movie. Mm -hmm. It's just weird as fuck. It really is. And I'm sure that was an intention of hers. <laughs> Where'd you get this? On the shelf. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Babadook-duck-duck. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. Nothing bad's gonna happen, Sam. Did he think that about my dad before he died? Who sees things as they are, that one? 
I promise to protect you if you promise to protect me. Oh, my God. Did he hurt anyone? The boy has significant behavioural problems. This monster thing has got to stop, all right? It's just a book. It can't hurt you. You can't get rid of the pepper dog. You can bring me the boy. You can bring me the boy. You can bring me the boy. This is all Australia. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Screen Australia, uh, uh, Causeway Films, South Australian Film Corporation, Smoking Gun, Entertainment One, it's all Australia. I'm pretty sure Insidious is also an Entertainment One picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. This whole this whole story is based off of a story that Jennifer Kent wrote herself. Really? And we're dealing a lot with probably the scariest element of life. Oh, it's the grief. Yeah. Yeah, we're breaking down some grief today. We've been doing it on the Patreon for like eight weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go see that. That's far more entertaining. But like, <laughs> happy to have you here on Main Feed. Absolutely. We don't just do this for the $30 a month. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Jennifer can't started writing this in like 2009. Mm-hmm. She'd worked on films before. She was a production assistant in the 90s and the early 2000s. And she really wanted to explore, you know, this grief and the uh, the relationship between parenting and going mad. Basically, going a little crazy. Isn't that what parenting is? Well, trying to shape a human is a very, very heavy task. And if you're not prepared to do it, I mean really prepared. The cycle's gonna what? Continue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Eight and a half million dollar profit, though. Yeah, that's good. What was the budget again? Two million. Two million dollars. Made ten and a half million. That's very efficient by yeah. your standards. I mean, yeah, no, just 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 two million dollars. I mean, okay, like I mean, there, it could have been scarier. <laughs> it really could have. You, you know what I mean? It could have been scarier. <laughs> but like this entity that we're dealing with here today, the Babadook, it's just like the appearance of this entity in the movie. It's just kind of nonsensical to me. We'll break that down. Like, obviously, the theme is already there, but then it just takes form in this entity all of the sudden, and it's never really explained. And I know what you're saying. Oh, the most the scariest thing is the unopened door. You know, the unexplained thing or whatever. But I don't know. I just... I... Kids today, right? So desensitized by films and television. The overall design of the Babadook, I actually think, is very universal in a way because people have been having nightmares about a tall man in black and a top hat since people started dreaming. And thank you because this is this is this touches on something very personal for me. Oh, do you have a black-hatted sleep paralysis demon? Um, it's almost like I would always picture the Babadook as a child, but without the hat. Oh, okay. And without the coat. 
Like, if you could see what was underneath the Duke's clothes mm-hmm. and its face, Uh-oh. that was the creature I was always scared to death was standing in the hallway at night when I was a child. Oh, God. And I don't know why that is. I, and so when I saw this film for the first time at the tender age of 18. Yeah, the I, tender uh, age of 18. I was like, hello. Uh- <laughs> I remember you. Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) I've come to haunt with you again. Yeah, no, it's, it just, I don't know what that is. You're right, but people have been dreaming of a Babadookish figure for a very long time. And, uh, um, we're just gonna have to break it down. We're just gonna have to see what it's all about. Because I was not exploring madness and parenting and grief at the tender age of eight. No, of course not. No, absolutely not. Well, it was more like four and five that I was <laughs> picturing this thing in the hallway waiting to eat me. Oh, sweetheart. I mean, it's okay. Uh, guys, We've Got Names is not very big this week. Uh, thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> most of these good people are just Australian actors, and the fact of the matter is you're not going to recognize most of them. In fact, I don't think, I don't recognize anybody in this movie. Some Australian pride this spooky season here to wrap things up. Rah, rah. <laughs> Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming, Miss Essie Davis. She's playing Amelia Vanek, our protagonist today. Mm-hmm. You might recognize her from Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, uh, Miss Fisher in the Crypt of the Tears. I guess she's Miss Fisher. She must be. Um, she was also in the sixth season of HBO's Game of Thrones. Wait, what? She's Lady Crane, the actress that the girl with no name is sent to snuff out. Okay. Arya Stark. It's Arya. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, boy. Exactly. And uh, playing her son, Samuel Vanek, is Noah Wiseman. Ooh, I've got big props for this kid. No, great actor. Great. Oh, oh my God. Great job. Did, a, did an amazing job. We've got um, Haley McElhaney? 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 McElhaney. I'm a bad Celtic. <laughs> I should know how to pronounce that. <laughs> you might recognize her from things. <laughs> from things. Uh, she's playing Claire today, who is Amelia's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, my Mother Frank, City Loop, Sea Princesses, uh, Rizzoli and Isles. I don't know what that is. That's an American television show. Is it? Yeah, it is. is it? Oh, it's crime. Yeah, it's been, they're basically the Cagney and Lacey of our century. Ah, uh, Doctor Doctor, Hearts and Bones. She gives real bitch in this movie, guys. Yeah, she sure does. We've got Daniel Henshaw playing Robbie, who is uh, Amelia's co-worker. He was in, uh, in this? Yes. Snowtown and Turn, Washington Spies. You remember that? Yes, I do, actually. I never did get into that, um, mostly because I don't like Washington. Um... But and yet it's a it's a it's a it's a f- historical fiction about America's first spy ring. Oh, okay. Yeah, during the American Revolution. All right. Yeah, and during the founding of the country. Some honorable mentions, uh Ben Winspear is playing Oscar who is Amelia's deceased husband. <laughs> Very hot deceased husband. Uh, stop. <laughs> Barbara West is playing Gracie Roach who is Amelia and Samuel's next-door neighbor, yeah. the little old lady next door. Just over the garden wall there. Also, I will mention Kathy Adamek and Craig Behena as Prue Flannery and Warren Newton from the Department of Child Services. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Indeed, indeed. The Babadook is portrayed by an actor named Tim Purcell. Oh, Tim. He's not hyperlinked, and I don't know anything else about his work. I, I know where you can find him. In, in the, my in my nightmares. In your nightmares, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. God. Uh, the f- Guys, the first parts of this movie, it takes half the movie to get spooked. It really does. And I'm like, come on now. So we're not going to fly through it, but 
we're going to try and not keep you here for too terribly long, okay? <laughs> not to mention, I just, but I had reservations coming into this. I'm like, how are we going to make this funny? This is awful. Yeah, no, it's it really is awful because we are in Adelaide, which is a bigger city in Australia. It's in the south of Australia. I'm pretty sure it's in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Jennifer Kent, I, she might be from Adelaide. She definitely worked there a lot mm-hmm. in the 90s and 2000s, so I guess she is. We begin with Amelia Vanek. <laughs> she is a very tired woman who works in healthcare and has a slightly autistic son with a flair for the imaginative. He's very creative. He is very creative. And listen, I this kid gets so much flack on the internet for being super annoying. I mean, he is super annoying. I wouldn't want to be his mom either. But like, <laughs> huh? I know every child is beautiful and deserves worthy of love. And but is like, also a product of their environment. Because what we're going to, what we take too long to learn here is that Amelia's husband, Oscar, died in a terrible car crash on the way taking Amelia to the hospital to give birth to Samuel. Yeah, so the, quote, miracle of his birth has always for her been associated with the loss of her husband. Because, you know, you lose your husband and then you have to go on caring for this child like nothing's wrong. Yeah. So she was probably in survival mode and then also had to go directly into motherhood. Mm -hmm. So she never properly grieved her husband's death. And she doesn't have the support that's needed when you have a new baby. And, you know, I mean, she's got her sister, but her sister's a bitch. (laughs) No! Claire is, I'm sorry. (laughs) Her sister is emotionally unaware available and she's also got her own family to raise you know indeed and And amelia's just been clicking along you know the best she can for seven years yeah it's it's been seven years and it's still like she lost oscar yesterday her husband was a very artistic person himself he He was a violinist right yeah he was a very he was very successful musician and instead of dealing with the remains of his life she's just locked it all in the basement Uh and uh samuel's not allowed to go down there Mm -mm. Uh, he doesn't listen (laughs) um no never he's quite the little inventor samuel i like it um (laughs) just with what he can cobble together he likes making contraptions he likes doing magic tricks Uh uh-huh the amazing sam or whatever he calls himself so cute. This uh, poor Amelia. Yeah. She's just trying to sleep. <laughs> and she hears banging and scraping going on downstairs. And, you know, Samuel is already going on about a monster in the house. Mm-hmm. Has been. Uh, this monster that's coming for him and his mother. And he's constantly telling Amelia not to worry that when the monster shows up, he's going to take care of it. He will protect them. Like, he literally tells a picture of his father in the basement that he will protect Amelia and himself. That's so sad. (laughs) When he's downstairs and he's made himself a catapult. Yeah. A catapult backpack. (laughs) And Amelia comes downstairs because she knows shit's going awry already. Yeah. And she's like, like, what are you doing with that? Put that down. And he just, he's like, watch this. What have you done? It's not breaking. It just slips. Don't wait, you're firing things off in the house Wait, wait, wait. Watch this. When the monster comes, I'm gonna do this. Please don't. And catapults whatever it is, a baseball, I don't know. It's like a cricket ball. Through how Commonwealth realms is that? <laughs> a cricket ball. It's a cricket 
ball. And it goes right through a window. Oh, my God. So her day's already going amazingly. When she's trying to tie his shoes, she's got to take him to school, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not, Mom, are you looking? Look at me. I'm going to do a trick. Nothing in my hands. Nothing in my hands. Her eyes are half open. She does not know her name yet. I know. <laughs> There's a draft because of the window. And, like, it's pretty clear just from the way he's desperately trying to get her attention that she really is keeping him at arm's length. It's because he is her husband's death to her. Yeah. Look at me. Stand still. Nothing Thanks. in my hands. Nothing in my hands. I don't want you making weapons anymore. It doesn't work if you don't look at me. This monster thing has got to stop. All right? When he starts hugging her real tight and she literally snaps at him. Yeah, she's like, don't do that. Oh, no. I feel so bad for this kid. He's got emotional whiplash from this woman. Yeah, like, it's so crazy. I know what it's like living with that. It's like, no, come here. Get back. Exactly. Come here. Get back. Uh It's very, very trying. And then, you know, she has to constantly worry about him at school. He gets in trouble at school a lot. And, you know, she drops him off. And she's like, please fucking behave yourself. (laughs) I am on the edge. Like, She's already working in elder care, yeah, which is frustrating work in its own right. When she's handing that woman her tea, she's like, I've got it for you here, Norma, with your milk. And she's like, I don't want milk. And Amelia's like, well, that's usually how you take it, but I'll go make you another one, I guess. She's so much more patient with these old people than she is with her own child. She has to be. It's her job. I understand that, but it seems genuine. It's also her job to be his mother. But, like... Yeah, um, you're not kidding. And, like, <laughs> she, when she's trying to help... She's got her coworker Robbie... Right? Uh-huh. He's, he's cute. He's the cutest plot point I've ever seen. He's also very sweet on her. Uh-huh. Like, it's obvious. Ah, just where a woman should be, in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Get to work, woman. <laughs> Do you want a cuppa? Nah, I'm heading for the dementia ward. Oh, it's a few years before you end up there, isn't it? <laughs> right? <laughs> He's always, like, being like, hey, you want to come have a copa? You know, like, uh-huh. what do you want to do? Like, She doesn't have the emotional ram for that. She's helping that old woman down the hall. And her one of her supervisors is like, Amelia, your son's school is on the phone. And oh, poor Amelia. Oh, fucking K. No, she's going to miss more pay because she's got to go down to the school from what I'm sure is the third time in as many months. She's sitting there with the school's headmaster and Samuel's teacher. You know, he's in the first grade. Mm-hmm. And he brought, what was it, a gun? It's no, a... <laughs> not a gun, sorry. No, it's a handmade dart gun. Like, I'm actually impressed with how ingenuitive this kid is. He's had a lot of time not being paid attention to by his mother, probably. Yeah. Like, and you know what? She's like, listen, uh, I'm sorry. I will have a serious talk with him about this. Did he hurt anyone? And (laughs) they're like, not yet. The teacher's like, you know, the, the, the child could have lost an eye. And your son is a nuisance in my classroom. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give him his own private instructor, separate from the other kids. And Amelia's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Lois, this is not my Batman glass. He will not cope with this. (laughs) And then by translation, I will not cope with this. (laughs) Yeah, no. What he needs is some understanding. I have 24 other first graders in that class. Do you want me to put them all at risk because of your son? I think I'll just find another school. Mrs. Fennick, you can't just take the boy out of school. You look after your business and I'll go and find a school that sees my son as a human being and not just as another problem to be gotten rid of. That's very unfair. We're only trying to help the boy. Please. Stop calling him the boy. His name is Samuel. 
Okay, Amelia, you care more than you um than you have the energy to show us right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know? I think it's also just like some self-awareness. Like, she's aware of her own feelings, I'm sure, on some level. And hearing another person be that distant about her child, she's like, whoa, that's not okay. But she's not prepared to see it in herself just yet. They're in the car on the way back from school, and she's like, you want to go to the park? Wouldn't that make you happy? Mm-hmm. Because you're very unhappy right now. We can go play with Auntie Claire and Ruby, and please don't tell your Auntie Claire what what, what happened today. <laughs> She already thinks you're so weird, and I'm so weird for having mothered you. Yeah, like, she's been living a very weird existence in tandem with Claire for the last seven years, because, obviously, Oscar died on Samuel's birthday. Mm -hmm. And as a direct result of that, she never celebrates Samuel's birthday on his actual birthday. Yeah, no. Like, I think his cousin Ruby, Claire's daughter, and him are very, very close. Like, they were born probably within weeks of each other. Mm -hmm. And so Samuel's always had to enjoy his birthday on Ruby's birthday. They've had joint parties year after year. And I love this. Claire and Amelia are sitting on the bench talking. I was hoping Ruby would change her mind. She doesn't want a joint party with Sam this year. Oh. Mom! Mom! She wants to have a princess party. Mom! Mom! That's okay. We don't have to come. Still come. Listen, I know why people think this kid is very irritating because she takes her eyes off him for not two seconds. And in those two seconds, he's managed to monkey shimmy his way up to the top of the swing set. And he's like standing on top of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just, mom! 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 For the love of God, please look at me. And then he's screaming in the car on the way home. And she's... <laughs> Futzing with a hot tooth she's got going on already. Oh, God. And then, like, they pull up at home, and they're coming inside, and they have this neighbor lady, Mrs. Roach. She's old. She's got uh, Parkinson's. She's a very sweet old lady. <laughs> Who do we have here? Oh, Mrs. Roach. You look tired, little one. You've been in the wars today. He was. He's had a big day, that's all. He's just exhausted. Poor little sweetheart. Thank you. You look tired too, love. You okay? Nothing five years of sleep wouldn't fix. <laughs> we have a quick dinner, and then it's bedtime, obviously. And she's going to read him a story. She likes reading him his stories to sleep, so she so, it's the only way he'll get to sleep. Yeah. And if there's one thing Amelia loves, it's, it's when Samuel's asleep. Yeah. And he b- takes this uh, book off the shelf, because she's like, you can choose one tonight. And he brings the book in the bed, and it's pretty thick, and it's this red binding, and it says, Mr. Babadook oh, on the cover. Oh, no. And it's got the little outline of the Mr. Babadook character on the front. My thing is, Amelia did not buy him this book. It just randomly showed up on his shelf. That's what I have in all capital letters. He brings her a book she's never seen before. She asks him, where did you get this? And he's like, from the shelf. Where the fuck did you think I get it from? (laughs) I'm a magician, but I can't make things appear out of thin air. And you can tell in her head, she's like, I don't remember buying you this book, but okay. Let's take a look. It's a- <laughs> take, take a look. <laughs> oh, I'm, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a pop-up. It, it, stop! <laughs> it's a pop-up. It's, it's a pop-up book. And this thing 
looks like it's straight out of Tim Burton's sketchbook, right? Yeah, no. I'm like, she's like, okay, let's crack it open. And she opens up the book and she's looking at the first page. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see, then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. His name is Mr. Babadook, and this is his book. She turns to the next page, and it's a little thing of the of the Babadook monster poking its head out of a doorway. It's like this shadow that's wearing a top hat, and like he hides in the closet and he knocks so formidably. Babadook, duck, duck. Then he pulls the little thing, and its hand waves out of the door. I'm like, stop trying to make it cute. A rumbling sound, then. Three sharp knocks. Ba 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 duk duk duk. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. Ba 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 duk duk duk. And like she opens up the wardrobe and it says Bob. It's written Baba duk 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 inside. Nope nope nope. And she closes that book. She's like, Why don't we read a different story? This seems scary as fuck. <laughs> and he's like, No, I want this one. <laughs> She turns to the next page, and there it is. The Babadook in all of its glory. He's like, you said I could choose. Yeah, you sure did. She's looking at it, and it's surrounded by all these windows. This is what he wears on top. He's funny, don't you think? No, I don't. (laughs) Turns page. See him in your room at night. Mom, does it hurt the boy? I'll soon take off my funny disguise, take heed of what you've read. And once you see what's underneath, Mommy! you're going to wish you were dead. Mommy! How sweet will they sing? Telling of the happiness and loveliness that lay at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, no! And then we cut immediately to him scream crying in her lap, <laughs> her trying to read him one of his normal happy ending books. <laughs> You can't get rid of the Babadook! And then we cut to her trying to sleep in his bed because he won't go to sleep without her. And he's rolling all over her, grinding his teeth, pulling at her ear and her hair in his sleep. Just barnacled himself to her because he's scared out of his mind. She gets up and goes back to that book uh, and, and she's reading it over again. The image of the little boy in his bed in the book with it looming over him. It's horrifying. And it says on the page, let me in. Yeah, no. Oh, no. And the one thing she notices about the book is that there's several blank pages at the end. What's that about? What is that about? <laughs> it seems like a waste of paper. She takes that book and tucks it on top of her wardrobe. She's like, no, I don't need this influence. I don't know where this fucking book came from. She's hoping that'll be the GD end of it. She spends the rest of the night in her armchair downstairs watching TV. She can't sleep. I know. And it's funny because she goes and gets in bed <laughs> and ta- <laughs> takes out this antique looking vibrator. Yeah. I don't know if that's just what vibrators look like over there in Australia. It's There's something about the way it's that 1980s handset Panasonic beige. Yeah. It looks really old. And she starts going to town. And as single parents can attest... You can't get a moment of peace. Interspliced with her jacking off are scenes of Samuel waking up in his bed to his wardrobe wide open. (laughs) And he's hearing noises. A cricket ball 
rolls out of the wardrobe and he picks it up and we can't see what he's seeing but his eyes are just slowly going up and up and up staring at the wardrobe the way his fear is intensifying with that music and you know what else is intensifying the buzzing stop of the dildo of the vibrator stop and like she's about to finish (laughs) when that door slowly creaks open No, no, no. This is not going to happen. Because the doors were closed and now they're wide open. It's just a book. It can't hurt you. Oh, my God. And, you know, Samuel was going on about this monster in his room long before they picked up that book. Yeah. Off the shelf. It makes me wonder about, like, the cause and effect of it all. (laughs) Yeah, and she's like, oh, God, no, 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 no. We are not doing this. It's just a book. Please go the fuck to sleep. He thinks this thing is real, and he thinks it's coming for his mom. He's really sweet. I don't want anything bad to happen to you, Mom. But it just comes off as annoying to her. Like, she can't get a moment's peace. Because she's not going to take it seriously, because she doesn't think it's real. Of course. (laughs) See adults in literally all horror films. Indeed. She wakes up far too late the next morning. Mom, it's nine o'clock. And she's like, oh, fuck. She's already late for work. She's got to go take him to Auntie Claire's. She makes up a story that he's sick. And so she's at work. and She's calling bingo. And she's had little to no sleep. No one's actually playing the game. It's the dementia ward. No one knows what's actually happening. And she's in the break room trying to have a cuppa. And Robbie comes and sits down next to her. That's like the happiest you see her in the movie so far. Yeah. Is when she's talking to Robbie. Just a bit stressed at the moment. Why don't you go home? Oh, cranky bitch. If she goes after lunch, I can cover for you. You'd do that? Yeah. I'll give you my pay. Oh, no, don't be ridiculous. You've got a sick boy. Life's too short. (laughs) You're so sweet, Robbie. to cover for her so she could go home to her sick kid and she goes to the mall instead well because there's no sick kid yeah i know yeah (laughs) it's like she's in a dream it's like she's asleep just walking around this mall the absolute peace she is in just walking through this mall no child shopping eating her little ice cream cone watching normal happy everyday people And uh, she checks her phone, and wouldn't you know, she's got ten missed calls. Claire's called ten times. She shows up to Claire's house. Samuel is sitting in the driveway, crisscross applesauce, arms crossed, (laughs) pouting. Where have you been? You weren't at work. Rung you a million times. What happened? Just scared the crap out of Ruby, that's all. Insisted on talking to this bloody Babadook thing all day, just talking to the air. It freaked me out. I'm so sorry. I need to get him to see someone, Amelia. It's not normal for a kid to carry on with this rubbish. It's not rubbish, it's real. Don't you talk to your Auntie Claire like that. And then he throws that firecracker at the ground. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Cut to them in the car. Where did you get those firecrackers? You bought them for me on the internet. Well, that's, that's the, the end of the internet. internet. <laughs> She's like, no cakes, no games. You're not having your birthday with Ruby this week. I think that's a little much, Amelia. I mean, he's out of control. But you're going to take his birthday away? Are you kidding? It's not like she wants to celebrate it anyway. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. 
I love that shot in the next scene where she's standing at the window washing dishes and she's looking across the way into Mrs. Roach's window. She can see perfectly into her sitting room. And she, Mrs. Roach is just having a cuppa watching her, you know, evening television. <laughs> the, the grin that breaks over her face. She's just, she's daydreaming. She's across the way with Mrs. Roach in that living room. She's like, like I'd almost take Parkinson's. Over this kid. Over, over what my life is right now. Oh, brother. While she's doing that, Sam is downstairs in the basement where he's not supposed to be putting on a show of the amazing Sam. For like all his stuffed animals and the picture of his parents together. <laughs> they have a little dog named Bugsy. Oh, I love Bugsy. Yeah. Have you ever heard of DoesTheDogDie.com? I have, actually. Mm. Uh-huh. I'll just put that out there. Trigger warning! <laughs> Trigger warning! It's not gonna happen right now. She sees Bugsy run up out of the basement. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no. No, 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 no. Not down there where all your dead father's things are. And then down in the basement, Sam is showing the photograph of his father. How he's going to trap the Babadook. And he's got this, uh, I don't know what it is. Tripwire. Is it trip? Is it literally tripwire? Why is there tripwire? <laughs> no, it is a piece of wire that he is going to use as a tripwire. He's like rigged it around the uh, railing of the stairway down into the basement so that he can pull it tight and someone will trip. Yeah. If they're coming down that way. I was just putting something back. Oh, your father's things are down there. He's my father. You don't own him. Let's see how you're going. And then the doorbell rings, and it's Robbie. Oh, God. Robbie's brought some warm soup for the sick little boy and some flowers for Amelia. It's very sweet, Robbie. This is the end of Robbie. Oh, it is the, the end of Robbie. Say goodbye to Robbie, because this is the last time we'll see him. <laughs> He's like, hi, matey, I got this toy for you. I brought you some warm soup. And Samuel blows her cover in front of him. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Oh. I, I, th I thought... No, he's not, actually. The truth is, he's so disobedient, he can't go to school anymore. You said that's not true! How many six-year-old boys do you know, Robbie, who still believe in monsters? I hate you! She won't let me have a birthday party, and she won't let me have a dad! I feel bad for both of them, honestly. She goes back downstairs, and she's trying to... She's cleaning up all the mess he's made. He has strewn photographs of them everywhere. Uh, Oscar's old sheet music. He's been playing with his old violin. She, When she looks up at the wall and sees Oscar's old outfit. Complete with hat. Yeah. No, I need, I need to sit all of the production designers down and be like, listen! Stop making me be afraid of inanimate clothing. Yeah, no. It's not the Babadook, but it just kind of vaguely looks like it out of the corner of your eye. Why the sleeve is pinned to the wall, I don't know. It's, it's so it's, will jump. It's. I mean, I think it's because Samuel did that to give the illusion of a man standing there watching him perform. <gasps> he wants it to be his dad. Did you see this chill run up my spine just now? They're eating dinner. Oh, this is so much. Potato soup. It looks delicious. It does look good. And I mean... <laughs> They're eating, and, you know, she gets this bite of soup, and there's something sharp and pointy in her mouth. She puts her fingers in her mouth and pulls out hmm, a shard of glass. And it's not very big, obviously. And Samuel's like, um, the Babadook did it, Mom. And she's like, don't eat it, and, like, grabs his soup. She's spooning through his soup. Nothing. She spoons through her own soup. It's full of tiny little glass pieces. The Babadook did it, Mom. Go and watch a DVD and I'll make something else. The Babadook did it! Just go and watch a DVD, Samuel. Oh, 
oh god, it really looks like he put broken glass in her soup. Because she knows he's mad at her. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that but he she would does... do something like that. But see, here's the thing. She she in no way implies that he did it at all. Yeah. Because she's the one that made the soup, and she never saw him messing with the soup. So she has no idea why that happened. Mm. So it's not like she thinks it's him that did it. I always thought that she thought he did it, and that's why she, she wanted to been, have... I feel like she would have been way more angry. I don't know, man. I can't tell with this woman. And then she finds the photograph of her and her husband on her bed. With their faces and eyes scratched out. Oh, my God. <laughs> she takes it right to Samuel. Do you think this is funny? <laughs> he immediately goes to grab his catapult backpack. <laughs> Do you think this is funny? Oh, no. 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 Give it to me! Do you want to die? It's like he's like, woman, why won't you let me protect you? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you're being stupid. There's something in this house. And then she's sitting, she's, she's just at the kitchen table trying to have a moment, playing with her hot tooth. And now we're having electrical problems. The lights are going on and off. And the walls will ooze green slime. (laughs) Sorry. Wait, they 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 always always do do that. that. (laughs) (laughs) While she's down there dealing with the lights, I hate that music. I hate that track with the the disembodied... I don't even know how to describe the noise. getting this horrible headache is interspliced shots of Samuel sitting in the dark in the corner of his room. It reminds me of The Shining. That's what I was just getting ready to open my mouth and say. Yeah, and like while that music's going, you see the doors to his wardrobe fly open slowly. (laughs) And like, he's seeing it again. His eyes are just going all the way to the ceiling. And she is trying to get focused like, she can't stop that. And then she hears him scream, and she runs up there, and she can't find him. His wardrobe is entirely overturned. Oh, my God. And she, he, the window is open, and the curtains are flowing. <gasps> and she, she's, he's nowhere in the room. She looks under the wardrobe. He's not in there. She finds him under the bed, and she puts him in the bed, and he's terrified, wide-eyed. <sighs> goes and finds that book, the Mr. Babadook book, takes that book and starts ripping it apart, all of the pop-ups and everything. (gasps) She takes that book and throws it and its pieces into the trash can. I love how the music stops when she shuts the trash can. As if to go, okay, there we go. Also, what's with all the ominous shots of the trees in the night? giving me village vibes. Yeah, it's, it's really just to make you feel isolated and alone. Remember when the monster was chasing her through the woods and I was like, those trees are tall. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the vibe that's giving me. I remember. Oh my goodness. And now we've got to go to Ruby's little birthday party, right? Oh, this is tough, this scene is. Because, again, we're just trying to have a normal little party. And then, oh, this makes me so mad. All these condescending mothers around this table. I do volunteer work with some disadvantaged women, and a few of them have lost their husbands, and they find it very hard. How's Richard's nurture going? Oh, 
Good. Um, I mean, his workload's just ballooned. <laughs> I've got the kids 24-7, it feels like. <laughs> Tell me about it. I don't even have time to go to the gym anymore. It's ridiculous. That's a real tragedy. Not having time to go to the gym anymore. How do you cope? You must have so much to talk about with those poor disadvantaged women. The way it just goes silent after she says that. Oh, it this goes sideways so quick. <laughs> Not having time to go to the gym anymore. How do you cope? <laughs> All those other moms are like, okay, let's leave. <laughs> Outside, there is a clown entertaining the children that looks a lot like Mr. Babadook. It does. It kind of looks like a clown mime hybrid. It's awful, whatever it is. Also, who invites a clown to children's parties anymore? <laughs> and, and, and if you do, I'm sorry. That's weird. No. It is not 1975. Are you trying to give them cholerophobia? There's a little treehouse to the side and Samuel is hiding in it because he doesn't like any of those people and <sighs> Ruby is her mother's daughter yes she sure is because Ruby climbs up in there with the express intention of giving him shit for being alive how does your mom know if it's real or not she never comes to our house mom told dad he didn't want to go to your house because it's too depressing the Babadook would eat your mom for breakfast and then rip her arms off shut up they feel sorry for me, Claire. There's a big difference. God, Amelia, as soon as anyone mentions Oscar, you can't cope. While this is happening, Amelia and Claire are on the bench over the way, and Claire's like, listen, you can't cope with any of this. Like, it's been seven GD years. Anytime anyone so much as mentions Oscar, you can't handle it. It's all ramping up. You can tell something bad is coming. I want to know how you are. You don't come around to our house anymore? Because I can't stand being around your son. I can't believe you just said that. You can't stand being around him yourself. Your dad died so he didn't have to be with you. That's not true! And your mum doesn't want you. No one wants you. <laughs> oh no. Samuel pushes his cousin backwards out of that treehouse and she busts her face open. It's five feet off the ground. Yeah, you know, like, like she just broke her nose. She's fine. <laughs> When he's in the car with Amelia on the way home, just kicking and screaming like his hair's on fire in the back seat, and she's just up there, just, she's at the end of her rope. I don't blame her. Why can't you? She, she stops the car. He stops kicking and screaming all at once and then just just like looking to the side oh. like he's staring at something and she can't see anything. Yeah! like he starts seizing. Yeah, he just seizes up on the back seat and becomes non-responsive. She drags him out of the car, puts him on the sidewalk, and two bystanders are like, the fuck? <laughs> and she's like, please help me. We're at the hospital. Oh, boy. Amelia looking the most worn we've seen her. Dying from lack of sleep. Literally, though. Yeah, she's dying from lack of sleep. She's well, going insane. It only takes like 11 days without sleep for you to actually perish. As far as things go, the doctor's only opinion is that he could have had some sort of convulsion caused by overheat in the brain. Yeah, that sounds way more serious than he's making it sound. Like, he's like, he's fine. It's probably just anxiety. <laughs> it always looks worse than it is. The doctor gives her a week's course of a sedative. Yes. To give him, to make him sleep. Knockout so, pills. So that he won't be scared of this supposed monster at night. 
the I fucking love the shot of her falling from above uh-huh. as if falling from the ceiling into her bed very slowly. <laughs> like she's falling asleep. <laughs> she's like, oh, yes, nothing's interrupting this tonight. Absolutely not. Nothing. The, the look of peace on her face. I'm just like, yes, ma'am. Yes, we're going to get some sleep. She wakes up the next day, her day off. At 11 a.m. Isn't that beautiful? No one's woken her up. She's gotten a full night's sleep. She goes in Sam's room. He's still asleep. Yeah. Sedated, but, (laughs) you know, still asleep. She's not worried enough about the fact that he hasn't woken up yet, in my opinion. There's a knock at the door. She goes to the door. No one there. Closes the door. Goes back to what she's doing. Doesn't make it ten steps back in the house before the door pounds. She goes back to the door, is looking around like, what the fuck is this? Looks down. There's the Mr. Babadook book. It's all taped back together. Reassembled. By who? We don't know. And left for her. She's so fucking wigged out. She takes that book inside and opens it back up. And not only has it been entirely reassembled, But those extra pages have been filled in with new content. Oh, no! (laughs) Here's your, here's your, (laughs) here's your weekly subscription (laughs) to the Spookable Monthly. And the text says, I'll wager with you. I'll make you bet. The more you deny, the stronger I get. Do you see this right now? Yeah, I know. Oh, my goose pimples. You've got got goose pimples, turns the page, and then I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this this literal monster is talking to you about your grief and your denial of it. She turns the page. There's a gigantic looming Babadook over over a woman in bed with that huge let me in bubble down in the corner no and it it gets more graphic because she keeps i don't know if she turns a page or if she pulls on a pop out you start to change when i get in the babadook growing right under your skin Uh. oh come come see what's underneath and then she then she turns the page, and there's that big shadow pop-up of the Babadook with her, with, with the woman strangling the small child. <gasps> no! And like, and str- then that woman slicing her own throat open? I just, I, I, it was so funny because I typed, burn it, burn it with fire. And then cut to her covering that thing in gasoline on a stove <laughs> and burning that book with fire. Uh, no! Like, I just, it's... It's really one of those things that's scarier in concept, maybe, than it is in actual, like, existence. But that's the thing, is that the Babadook was never meant to be an actual physical being. He is just the thing on your shoulder that is weighing you down in life. And the more weighed down you get, the stronger he gets. Because you get tired, right? You get tired of staving off that grief. Mm -hmm. And the more tired you are, the easier it is for him to hurt you. So naturally, we're going to the police. But of course, she's burned the book already. She doesn't have any evidence of what she's claiming. She already looks rattled and disheveled. And there are a couple inspectors behind the guy she's talking to who are like giggling at her. Oh, fuck them guys. I hate them. Somebody sent me a children's book. (laughs) And... And it contained violent and graphic images of my child and me being murdered. Can we have a look at the book, please? I burnt it. 
You burnt it. And then the inspector's like, okay, well then, unfortunately, there's not a lot we can do about that. Oh, boy, they don't believe her. When she comes back from the police station, because she just has to run out of there, because she's like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> and she's left Samuel with Mrs. Roach next door, right? Mm-hmm. And he's sitting on, on Mrs. Roach's front step with her. Did you get your things done? Mrs. Roach has Parkinson's. That's why she shakes like this. Samuel, you don't have to say everything that goes through your head. Oh, it's all right, love. We wanted to know. So we talked about it. And I'm like, yeah, Amelia. (laughs) He was curious about it, so they talked about it. Yeah, that's how you come to understand and deal with things. Then we have this whole sequence where Amelia is just trying to clean up the house, right? She's doing dishes. She's got a lot of housework to do. And then as she's trying to do the dishes, she notices there's a cockroach on her climbing up her shoulder. Oh, goody. Now we've got creepy crawlies. And then she sees trails of them coming from under the fridge. She moves the fridge aside and there is a piece of peeling wallpaper where these roaches are coming out of. She peels it back and there's a hole in the wall. And then all these cockroaches start climbing out of it. Like a lot of them. (laughs) Cut to her having cleaned every fucking surface in that house. (laughs) Or at least in that kitchen. Yikes! (laughs) And she's mopping up And Samuel is really drugged out on the couch because he feels nauseous. It's a side effect of that sedative. It's a literal tranquilizer, so... So he's high, she's in full manic mode. It's the perfect time for community services to knock on the door. Yeah, no, the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the equivalent of CPU is here. Did this remind you of Lilo and Stitch in any way? No. Like, when Mr. Bubbles turns up to the house in the beginning and nothing is going right... My friends need to be punished. Yeah, no, seriously. (laughs) And she's like... She beats me real good, sometimes five times a day. With With bricks! (laughs) And they're like, we'd like to come in and meet Samuel. And she shows them in and she's like, I'm sorry, everything's a fucking mess. I promise you, I'm not usually this erratic. And (laughs) then they see Samuel because he's waking up because there's company. And (laughs) Prue, the woman, is like, Hello, Samuel. I'm Prue. And this is Warren. How are you? I'm a bit tired from the drugs Bob gave me. Not drugs, tranquilizers. From the doctor. I mean, he had a, a fit yesterday. I'm really tired, actually. That's no good. And, like, she's showing them around the house, and I don't know why this is where I noticed it for the first time, but the decor of this house is kind of dismal. I wrote, no wonder she's so depressed. Everything is painted a nuclear winter blue gray. Yeah, I know. I really hate it. I lived in a house like that. <laughs> yeah, you sure it did. It was really awful. And the worst thing is, is she takes them into the kitchen and she's like, oh yeah, got a little piss problem and there's no hole behind the fridge. As though she had imagined it all. Great! And so the guy, Warren or whatever his name is, is like, listen, we've obviously caught you at a bad time. We're going to come back, okay? How they did not yank him out of there immediately, I don't know, but whatever. This is where this is. Okay. This is the scraping. I can't handle this. She's in bed. This is the first big spookable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then she hears this scraping at her door. It comes three times. And she leans up in bed like, um, no. (laughs) 
And then she hears Bugsy's little yelp. Oh, it's just the dog. And she's like, oh, yeah, the dog's scratching to get in. She go, she gets up out of bed, goes, opens the door, lets Bugsy in, closes the door, gets back in bed. Three scratches come again. No! And they're not just scratches. They're scraping. This is metal on wood. Mm. And she leans up again like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> And she sees whatever this entity is slither into her room. I hate the sound design because when this thing moves around, the subtitles even say insect humming. No! And that's what it sounds like. Play it slithering in. my notes right now no 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 okay okay i take it back it's scary it's scary <laughs> i take it back and she's looking at the ceiling which is illuminated from out from natural light outside well it's not natural it's artificial it's from a street light anyway i'm ruining it and she sees whatever it is just all of a sudden leap onto the ceiling. No, 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 no. It hovers right above her, and it is, it's humming like an insect. Mm. And it turns over, and like it's like it's Jesus on the cross, extends its Edward Scissor hand hands out. <laughs> oh no! It descends to her. No, no, no. And no. you see its face. I'm gonna have nightmares. <laughs> out of bed as if to go nope lights come on Samuel comes out of bed she checks every corner of that room and she's like we're getting downstairs and Samuel's like why she's like cause I said we are <laughs> they just sit up all night in the den because she cannot go back up into that room I don't know what television program she's watching uh huh this weird magicians, circus, freaky, whatever sequence we're watching. I almost don't think it's actually happening. You think she's just, like, wa th wandering between sleep and awake? Like, with the... It, like, it's all this old footage that was made in, like, the 20s. Mm -hmm. I, it's actually got a name. I've researched it before. I don't remember off the top of my head right now. But... Like, these people taking their heads off and throwing them around. Like, the fun stuff that, I quote, fun like stuff that happened. witchy, culty element that's going on. But she also sees Mr. Babadook in the act. He's, like, in the footage. Yeah, they edited him into the footage. That it's real footage, but they put him in it. It looks so good. I know. It's seamless. Also, one thing we start to notice as day comes, she's starting to get more and more annoyed with the dog. Oh no, not the dog. And it's because the dog is getting slowly more and more afraid of her. Because the dog knows it's not just Amelia in there anymore. Uh-huh. Like, the dogs always know first. And she's, you see her upstairs, gets into bed, curls up. She didn't sleep all night because mm -hmm. she was, I don't know, um, possessed last night. A little bit. And she gets in bed and Samuel comes in, comes running into her room like, I'm really hungry, Mom. Why do you have to keep talking?
talk talking. Don't you ever stop. I was just... I need to sleep. I'm sorry, Mummy. I was just really hungry. If you're that hungry, why don't you go and eat shit? Ross, I stopped breathing when that happened. Uh, and he just runs away. And I mean, like, that's something I can remember from childhood is, like, obviously my parents were never possessed. But, like... <laughs> Not that I can remember, no. I had a snapping moment with Dad like that once. Really? And I was asking... I was literally asking what was for dinner. Oh. And it was, like... I was, like, 11. And it was when the recession was happening. And Dad was out of work. They... W Mom and Dad were arguing about something. And... Dad grabbed a can of something out of the pantry, slammed it in front of me on the counter, and said, Is that good enough? Is this going to be good enough for you to eat? Huh? <gasps> oh, no, Ross. And I just ran away and cried in my room. And then I heard them arguing about what he just did and him having to come to my room just the way Amelia's about to go to Samuel's room. And he was like, I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. Daddy's got a lot going on right now. Daddy's yeah. been very stressed, you know. Sometimes parents just lose it, but it's so weird that even though I'm a 30-year-old woman that this movie could still make me think that she's yelling at me mm -hmm. and I need to be upset about that. Because she hasn't been aggressive. Yeah. This whole time. She's just been acting helpless this whole time. And it's like she... something's getting stronger. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said that. It was terrible. I've had absolutely no sleep. I didn't know what I was saying. I'll cook you something, okay? What would you like? I'm not hungry anymore. So they get out of She's like, we need to get out of this house. We've been cooped up. Okay, you can have whatever you want. You can have two of whatever you want, you know, even ice cream. So we go out for a little meal at Wally's. And on the way back, she is driving with him in the back seat. And I'm really not sure what happens here. I feel like she falls asleep at the wheel. Well, the thing is, she sees the Babadook appear in her rearview mirror. Yeah. As though it's in the car with them. As though it's like ascending out their roof and over the top of it to get her or something. No. And she crashes the car directly into someone in an intersection. into me i just bought this bloody car what were you thinking and like they just get out of that fender bendered car and go inside and she disappears upstairs and samuel comes to find her fully clothed in the bath and she picks him up fully clothed and puts him in the bath with her i just poor, poor little confused samuel sitting there fully clothed in warm water like that's the thing i also think it's interesting how in the beginning you're so, quote, on her side with everything. Like, this kid's just acting weird. He's just odd. He's just a handful. And then as the movie goes on, you start to come over to Samuel's side of things where he's like, my mom's acting nuts and I'm powerless to stop it. I don't want you to go away. I'm not going anywhere. Which is true. 
because we're going to be in the house for the remainder of the movie. Oh, boy. We see her walk out of the basement with Oscar's violin. Oh, not sleeping with our dead husband's violin. She's holding it like it's her new baby. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, she really wants to regress. Yeah. She wants to regress all the way to where Samuel doesn't exist anymore and she still has Oscar. It was the last time she was any sort of okay. And it's been seven years of her dealing with this or rather not dealing with it. Exactly. You know, she's just been suffering this whole time. And that child, by extension, is also suffering. That's the thing is the probably the reason I've always said this movie isn't very scary is because there's almost no room for fear for me in this film. It's just all so sad. I spend most of the movie being sad. We're trying to sleep again. And Samuel's like, Mom, I don't think we should stay here tonight. I can call Mrs. Roach. And Amelia's like, I don't want you to call anybody. <laughs> don't contact anyone outside this house. Do you hear me? Uh-oh. And then later in the night, she hears what she thinks is voices downstairs. And she's like, here I go again on my own. She goes downstairs and she catches Samuel in the kitchen on the handset talking to Mrs. Roach next door. Mm-hmm. Asking if he can come stay with her. Oh, no. Because he's scared. And she gets on the phone with Roach and she's like, Oh, no, we're fine. Samuel's just being very disobedient again. Oh. I told him not to call anyone. He asked if you could stay the night. No, 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 we're fine. I just have a headache, that's all. I really have to go, though, now, Gracie. I'm so sorry for troubling you. Yeah, talk soon. No worries, talk soon. Ooh, this is where she gets real nasty. This is, this is not Amelia. This mm. is Dookie. Dookie! This is Dookie Amelia. Stop it! And I'm not um, calling the Baba Duke Dookie. I just, I just, it's so mixed scary. She takes out a knife, and you think she's gonna go after him with it, like in the book, but she just cuts the phone line. She's he, like, is this what I have to do? He's got no lifeline to the outside world now. He is stuck in there with her. I'm sorry, Mommy. It's just that the Babadook made me crash the car and then... I said the Babadook... The Babadook isn't real, Samuel. It's just something you've made up in your stupid little head. I just didn't want you to let it in! I'll make sure nothing gets in tonight. All right, Samuel? Nothing is coming in here tonight. Nothing! When she screams nothing, pointing that knife at him, I'm like, nah, nah. He goes and gets his catapult backpack and stations it to where he's gonna need it to get easy access to it. I listen. I know the Babadook is a thing terrifying to behold, but I'm honestly starting to prefer the Babadook to Mommy Dearest over here. Amelia is trying to. It, Amelia locks everything she can. Every. It, cr- she shoves up every nook and cranny in that house and she brings another sedative to Samuel and she's like you gotta take the pill and Samuel's like yeah absolutely I'll take this pill totally cheeks it yeah he absolutely cheeks it he does not go down for the night he doesn't want to be sedated while she's acting this way because he knows the Babadook's inside her yeah. And it's going to act up again tonight. Oh, no. She's she's try, she's watching TV again, and she just kind of glances over and sees Samuel's dead body on the couch. 
and then realizes that she's got a knife in her hand? And thank God it's just a hallucination. She comes out of it with him screaming at her. She looks down and sees that knife in her hand. And again, she has no idea why she's acting this way. She's just going to try and coddle him with ice cream again to say sorry. And honestly, at that point, I wouldn't take anything from this woman. No. Nothing she tried to give me. Who knows if she's going to try and put me down permanently. Exactly. And like, she's still channel hopping. And... It's so creepy, Ross. This made me actually shiver. Oh, the news report? Yeah, she stops on this news report that's basically describing her own circumstances. Police say the woman used a kitchen knife to stab her son. His body was found in their basement. The woman later attacked officers with the knife. They drew their guns and shot her to death. Little is known about the tragedy, but neighbors say the boy was celebrating his birthday today. He had just turned seven. She's watching the news report of those bodies being rolled out of that apartment building, and she can see in the window her own goddamn face staring back at her. What the fuck? Like, slightly shadowed. Mm-mm, no. When she looks back at the sofa and he's not there, and she's like, Samuel? Samuel and she he is standing behind her with his eyes closed. Wake up, mommy. But you're the one who's asleep, sweetheart. And then you see Samuel's form walk into the basement door, and there's a lot of light coming from the basement. <laughs> Don't go towards the light, Amelia. Don't go towards that light. And she follows him down there. And who the fuck is standing in the basement but her dead husband? Her very hot dead husband. Oscar. He doesn't say anything. She just embraces him. You can bring me the boy. You can bring me the boy. You can bring me the boy. I think it's going to rain. And I'm like, ah! Like, he's so hot, but still manages to sound like a forest witch. Just give me the boy. She goes upstairs, closes that basement door, and from behind her, in the kitchen. I hate this. This is my least favorite. I hate it so much. She hears that insect humming. She turns slowly around. And from out of the back door to their house, arms down by its side, blades extended, the shadow of the Babadook comes floating right up to her very quickly. It's so disconcerting because the Babadook's all in shadow and then there's shadow behind him. So we can see the arms getting closer, but like we can't actually see his full form. And it's like, ah, 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 fuck that shit, fuck that shit forever. (laughs) She goes running upstairs. The end of this movie is entirely too long. It really, it's really just like, A parade of depression and awful. She shuts herself in her room. She's on the ground backing away towards her fireplace. And when she gets to it, 
we see the Baba Duke's hat fall out of the flume. And we're like, what in the name of the Lord? She's paralyzed on the floor, repeating to herself, it isn't real. It isn't real. It isn't real. And guys, we got to gather around, fam. We have to have a family meeting. Yeah. We got to talk about it. Because the storybook is starting to come true. Yeah. Because that poor dog, he's so little, Bugsy is, so incapable of defending himself, comes pitter-pattering up to her, and she picks that dog up, and I was hoping she was going to love on it. I was hoping that Bugsy was going to squirm out at the last moment. But that's not what happens. She breaks that dog's neck. Just like she did in the book. Oh, no. And, like, now, because you know what's next? Samuel's next. Indeed. And then she's going to kill herself. She's trying to get into Samuel's room like a lunatic. Oh, banging on that door, screaming at him. When she grabs the top of the door jam and is trying to kick it in. No, that's so With her crazy. whole body. Like, she's hanging like an orangutan from the top of that threshold, just smashing her feet into it. Let me in, you little shit! Let me in! Let me in! Let me in! Let me in! And she finally gets it open, goes to the closet, checks under the bed, he's not there, and there he is standing in the corner with his little catapult backpack. And she shrieks at him. The way she floats towards him, she's not even walking. I don't, I, that, 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 that. You little pig. Six years old and you're still wetting yourself. You don't know how many times I wished it was you, not him, that died. I just want you to be happy. I just want you to be happy. (laughs) And then she chuckles. Sometimes I just want to smash your head against a brick wall Until your fucking brains pop out You're not my mother What did you say? I said you're not my mother I am your mother It's so terrifying because her stance The way she is standing It's like the Babadook Yeah, yeah, she is full-on possessed right now He runs down the stairs and she's like, run, run, run as fast as you can. Why do we keep the nursery rhymes out of horror? I don't like the way she moves possessed. Like, just floating, no steps. It's entirely different. It's Mm. so fluid. You know how people bounce up and down when they move around quickly? Like Muppets. She doesn't. Yeah. Uh, she's probably on a dolly, the actress is. She's probably on a dolly that's just being pushed through the set. (laughs) He's gone into another room where he stashed that catapult backpack, and he's like, get away! (laughs) And she's like, didn't I tell you not to play with weapons? And then he shoots her with that dart gun. Ooh, ouch! He shoots her in the arm, then he shoots her in the forehead, but it doesn't quite stick, and then he runs away from her again. And she's looking for him. And meanwhile, Samuel has discovered that the dog is dead. Oh, oh, no. And then Amelia finds him in the kitchen with it. And you can tell he is not trusting. Mm -mm. She kneels down right at his level. I want to make it up to you, Sam. (laughs) 
I want you to meet your dad. It's beautiful there. Samuel, for the win, <laughs> takes a kitchen knife and stabs her in her abdomen with it. <laughs> and she, the way she, the wide-eyed look she gives him, and he just goes, he runs away and goes, sorry, mommy! <laughs> Pitter-pattering down to the basement. Oh, right, because remember, he set up a trap in the basement. Oh, yeah. No, she comes running down into the basement after him. He pulls that wire tight. She trips, and out she goes, right? He did trip the Babadook with the trip wire. He sure did. Oh, boy. And, like, I love this because she's out for at least ten minutes. Mm -hmm. And when she comes to, the literal Lilliputian way that... (laughs) that Samuel has managed to tie her down so that all of her limbs are tethered to different corners of the room. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's just... I don't really know what his plan is. Like, I feel like he's just out of options. He's just trying to keep her from hurting him and herself. And this is breaking my heart over here, his dialogue in this scene. (laughs) You know you don't love me? The baby dog won't let you, but I love you, Mum, and I always will. <laughs> you let it in. You have to get it out. <laughs> I don't want you to go away. <laughs> no, no. When she grabs a hold of him. And is hoisting him above her. And, like, her hand comes free. Trying to choke the life out of him. Yeah. And her face. It doesn't even look like Essie Davis anymore. No. This actress does a really good job. (laughs) And I know that some of that is probably post. But, like, like the the purpleness of her face. I almost think she's doing that to herself. I know. The, the, the shots of her head writhing around. Yeah, I know. I was, I was, I couldn't remember how this ended. So I was like, this really cannot be the end, right? Please tell me she's not about to kill this kid. She, she snaps free from all those ropes, gets on all fours, and quite literally vomits the Babadook on the basement floor. Oh, gross. All of that black liquid coming out of her, it's big Silent Hill vibes. To me, it kind of looks like ink, kind of like in the storybook. I know. Oh, it's so good. Isn't that so fucked? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it is. (laughs) And Samuel, Samuel jumps over this pool of ink and is like, mommy, mommy, trying to wake her up. And she like gasps and writhes up off the floor as if to like she's waking up from being drowned or something. Yeah, she's her again. Like she's actually Amelia again. No more Babadookie. I'm sorry. No, I know. We go back upstairs. We're covered in blood. 
Oh, no. And then all of the sudden, Samuel is whisked away by spookables up the stairs. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like the Babadook just grabbed a hold of him and, like, completely unseen, drags him up the stairs to her bedroom. This is this movie just gets entirely too silly here at the end. Like, like we're like, going up and down stairs too much, you think? We get Yeah. It's like we're trying to put in as many horror film elements as we can right here at the end. We get on the bed. The bed is shaking. We've seen that before. It's very exorcist. And then, you know, the wardrobe is standing there, right? Wide open. She's got that kid on the bed, and she's staring at this wardrobe because standing in front of it is who, Carrie? Oscar's ghost. It's not Oscar's ghost. Yeah. It's not Oscar. It's the Babadook. I think it's the grief. You think it's just the ghost of her grief? I mean, that's what the Babadook is, isn't it? Yeah, personification of grief. It's the grief. Because you can't what, Carrie? You can't get rid of the Babadook. Yeah, no, it's there. Grief is something you have to go through. You have to deal with it. It's literally inescapable for every human that ever existed. Jesus wept. Yeah, I know. Oh, boy. I think it's gonna rain. Stop! capital letters, not the sound of the bus coming to hit them. The fucking, this is an awful special effect. (laughs) When he goes, I think it's going to rain. And she goes, no, don't. And we see him lighting up like there are lights coming at him. But then this horrible effect where his face just cuts in half. Oh, no. And his body falls down. What was that? That looked so bad. I wrote, oh, God, did that actually happen? Like, did something actually slice through the top of his head? Like, Like, look at that. It's so bad. (laughs) He's showing it to me. Look at it. It's like, what was that? Oh, you're right. It looks like that was Photoshop, almost. It falls on the ground, whatever it is. And she falls to the ground in agony, screaming. And the way his corpse just gets pulled into the darkness. Oh yeah, that whole part of the room, that whole wall is just in darkness where the wardrobe is. Babadook hisses. I love that. Oh, that's funny. I have Babadook makes ring wraith noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's ancestors, the ring wraiths. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is where Amelia starts nutting up, right? The house starts shaking. Uh-huh. You're nothing. And then we see the Babadook, like, raising up slightly in the light. Mm. <laughs> Everything is shattering. All the things are falling off the walls. The Babadook is growing more arms. <laughs> and and in very poltergeist-like fashion, Samuel gets sucked towards the darkness, and she has to hold on to him. Oh, no. The ceiling is breaking open. Like, it's very unclear whether or not any of this is happening, but you're too caught up in the moment. It's like she yells at it to death. Yeah, kind of like the end of It. You know what I mean? She's just (laughs) yelling at it to death. It comes out of the darkness and just falls on the ground. 
It's like an empty suit and a hat. <laughs> it's like someone's plank crying on the ground, <laughs> just sobbing into the floor, just like the... Uh, <laughs> and this is where the point of view shots start. Because I shit you not, everybody, that empty suit, we don't see it, but we're seeing it through its eyes. It gets up off the floor and it runs downstairs into the basement and slams that door like an angry teenager. <laughs> when it flashes the light in her face. <laughs> and then, yeah, we see the POV of it running all the way down the stairs and into the basement like it's a crying child. <laughs> the noises it's making. Oh, no. <laughs> I have dot, dot, dot. I guess we're fine now. Yeah. No. <laughs> she locks that basement door. And then, oh my God, Carrie. Uh, yeah, we have got to break down the ending of this film. We cut to a few days later. And again, everything seems relatively normal. Amelia's coming home from work. Everything seems fine. In fact, we're talking about actually celebrating Sam's birthday on his actual birthday. Yeah, because we can maybe deal with it a little bit better now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're also actually having conversations about Dad now. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Oscar. We can talk about him now. Because he's curious, and he should have his questions answered, mm-hmm. damn it. Mm-hmm. And everything wraps up neatly with child services or whatever they come back and the house is clean everything looks normal mother son happy all of the decorations set up for his birthday Mm -hmm. and so like i'm just like wait a minute wait a minute i remember the end of this movie being very nopey yep so something's getting ready to happen i just have now we're feeding the babadook what yeah no when she's like do you want to go see your dad oh no and he's like "Mm -hmm." and they go down into the basement and what are they feeding it? It's a bowl of dirt and worms. Yeah. Aw, dirt pudding. The yeah. Babadook likes dirt pudding. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Amelia just, like, with with this little bowl of dirt, goes yeah. down into the basement and just puts it in the middle of the floor and... Walks away. Walks away from it, and that bowl just goes skittering into the shadows. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, okay, okay, how am I supposed to interpret all of this? Why did she say want to go see your dad when we're going to feed the monster that lives in our basement? I understand that Oscar is symbolic of the Babadook. He is the death that causes the grief that creates the monster. He, The monster even appears as Oscar a couple of times throughout the film. But I understand the symbolism here is that, yes, the Babadook's going to live in the basement where we don't really pay attention to things because we've dealt with our grief now. It can be in the basement, like, you know? It's like the movie's trying to say Grief is something that never goes away. Yeah, you can't, no, you can't, if it's in a word, if it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. Like, you can't get rid of the grief. You will always be grieving that horrible loss. What you have to do is find space for other things to grow around the grief. Don't let the monster live upstairs with you in the house. Yeah, keep it in the basement where it belongs. No, like, don't let that monster live upstairs in your brain. Yeah. Put it in your ass where it belongs. Stop. <laughs> Shit out those feelings. It's okay. No, I think you're on to something there. Because yeah. Because up until this point, she's been living with this grief every single day. It's touched every single interaction she's ever had. She literally let her grief become a monster that mm-hmm. tried to kill her child. So, like, I understand all of that symbolism, but 
What's with the symbolism of feeding the damn thing? Yeah, I don't know why we have to satiate it. I even understand the maternal energy she's trying to show it. Mm -hmm. Like the Babadook rears its ugly head and she's trying to calm it down. It's like, it's like the Babadook's a child that pissed her off. Yeah. of you, Jennifer. <laughs> like, I just don't understand the why it was to... crying running down to the basement. Yeah, like, I don't understand why all of a sudden she's bullied it into submission. <laughs> when it was on, when it was face down on the floor upstairs like a pouting child, like. <laughs> and yeah. Did we mommy it to death? Apparently. Is... Oh my God. Mommy, sorry. Mommy, sorry. <laughs> Insect humming. Oh no. Guys, the Babadook is scary. The two times it rears its ugly head at us. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So I'm sorry if I <laughs> inflated this film's sense of terror last week at the end. Guys, I, I mean, again, like you said, I don't feel like it's that scary. It's mostly just depressing. It's the, Yeah, it's the depression. It's the dread. It's the fact that this whole time... Unless you're watching it for the first time and you don't know what's going on, for most of the movie, you understand what's going on and you're forced to sit there and watch it happen. Happy November, everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, like, welcome to the beginning of your seasonal depression. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, guys. I'm. Uh, you got to deal with your grief. You can't let it live upstairs with you. Especially since we're moving into the holidays and we're going to start having to see people that we don't normally see. You got to be in tune with those feelings and you can't let them devour you from the inside out. Don't ignore the grief for so long that it turns into the Babadook. Yeah. I mean, it's very simple. <laughs> I just wish we had more on the origin of this monster. Careful, you're going to speak it into existence. Because, like, it just, that book just appeared on the shelf. Where'd that book come from? I know. Where's, where's the book? Because the, the book was the beginning of all the problems. Mm -hmm. Well, Oscar's death was the beginning of all the problems. <laughs> but you understand what I mean. Oh. I mean, I know what a great prequel would be. Mm. Like, what if we set it, like, you remember all the old-timey footage that they spliced him into? Mm -hmm. What if it was, like, written around that time period and we got to see the creation of the Baba Spook? Like, I think that would be great. And they're probably going to put Timothy Chalamet in it, but whatever. Stop. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> Please don't speak. Nope. <laughs> Baba Duk, Duk, Duk. Cut it out. Don't make that film. <laughs> Happy Spooky Dookie, everybody. <laughs> spooky Dookie. We wanted to leave you spooky-duked and confused. <laughs> I am definitely confused, so <laughs> congratulations. Oh, Carrie Ann. Yeah? End of long form. End, end of spooky season. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's the end of a lot of work for me. I, I know. Because long coverage, long form coverage is over on the, on the Patreon feed, 
And we're going to be able to focus a lot more on main feed movies this month. And you know what? It's We've got some doozies coming to you guys. We've got some doozies. November's going to be exciting because we are blowing the dust off of our childhoods once again. No, we have got to coddle our inner children for a while. I mean, if I'm going to be dealing with this seasonal depression, I absolutely have to talk about something that sparks joy. So we're going to be doing some of Nickelodeon's greatest hits. Guys, we're doing Nickelodeon all November long. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. A little Nickelodeon November for you. Guys, next week for our first selection of Nick November, we are going to be covering a personal childhood favorite of mine. Yeah. The 1996 television film, Harriet the Spy. Yay! Hardly any of you probably know what that is. No, I'd imagine most of you were babies when that came out. I mean, that was the year you were born. Gross. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this movie's as old as you are. Gross. But it's got Rosie O'Donnell. And the little baby Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, Michelle Trachtenberg. I'm so excited. Be on the lookout for that, folks. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's this spooky season. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. And please don't forget to go check out the Patreon, guys. I've been working so hard. Please go check out all those episodes for just $5 a month. Guys, do not make Carrie Ann cry. Go give us your money today. <laughs> it's not that serious, but I hope you guys like it. You know, between John Adams and The Haunting of Hill House, that's been a real labor of love for me. Indeed, indeed. If you want access to our full release of episodes, you go on over to our Podbean page. You can also get our custom RSS link there and listen in any player of your choosing. How convenient. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom.